Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Tom Terrace and Rob Longo. Welcome one and all. Good hey, to be back, David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. But Rob, before we break open the bread of life, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to see what we're to learn today? Absolutely. And, and I'd like to start with just reading something from the back of our prayer book. There's a prayer book that we use called Stewardship of Prayer, my daily Catholic prayers. And it's available if you call us or uh, shoot us an email. We'll send one or, or multiple copies to you. And on the back, it's a beautiful reminder that the past is in God's mercy. To go there only causes despair. The future is in God's providence. To go there causes you to play God. The present is God's gift to be lived in love. So with that, let's pray. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you, God, for the present of the present moment. Thank you, God. Thank you for your love, your mercy. Thank you for the journey that you have us on uh, week to week through Reflections from the Heart, where we break open your word and see how it's inspiring us, challenging us to to live each day in all the relationships that we have. Thank you for the gift of the Mass. And as we break open the gospel that we will hear this Sunday, please, Lord, open up our hearts to encounter you in a special way, in a way that we may not have encountered you before. Help us to have new eyes to see, new ears to hear, a heart that's just burning with desire to be with you. And there's no better way to be with you than at the Mass, receiving you. So please prepare our hearts to receive your word, and then to receive your body and blood like we've never received before. Thank you, Lord. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Absolutely. Again, this is uh, Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. Going out about nine o'clock, the landowner saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You too go into my vineyard, and I will give you what is just. So they went off, and he went out again around noon and around three o'clock and did likewise. Going out about five o'clock, the landowner found others standing around and said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They answered, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You too go into my vineyard. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Summon the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought that they would receive more, but each of them also got the usual wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, 
These last ones worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who bore the day's burden and the heat. He said to one of them in reply, My friend, I am not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give this last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Thus the last will be first and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Powerful. I kept, I kept circling the things that really struck into me were stewardship and mission of faith because stewardship 13 years ago was what opened my heart to the reality and the truth of God, God in my life, and the fact that God owns everything. It's his vineyard. It's his vineyard. It's, you know, my my money. It's my vineyard. So, I mean, when you realize that God owns everything and you are a hired hand, a laborer of the Lord in his vineyard, whether it be in your home, in your workplace, in your community, in the church, it sets you free if you truly accept that. You own nothing. You are called to be a prudent steward. That's a prudent caretaker. Everything belongs to God. He's entrusting it to me to be a laborer or a co-worker with him in that vineyard, but it's not mine was a freedom that I can't even begin to describe to you because I used to live a life of me, myself, and I, and that's the cycle of death. But boy, now my life is a life that's others-centered. Jesus is first and foremost, and that's my relationship with God, the Father through Jesus Christ, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you know, and then myself, I'm last on the list, but it's okay. At least I made the list. This is a, a, a real gut check here, heart, heart check. Last week we talked about heart, right? that the challenge is unless we forgive from the heart. So last week it was a, an amazing challenge on forgiveness. And this week is the challenge of, again, that heart that if someone says yes to God after living a life of, of selfishness and sin and it's just hurting so many people and they say yes to God on their deathbed, are we truly, truly happy for them? Especially if we were on the receiving end of some of their they're hurtful ways, right? And that's what our Lord is challenging us here. You know, the the ones who came in last, you know, worked the least amount. They got called out first and got the got the same reward. So yeah, I just need to pray for God to just to continue to fill my heart with with His love for people. You know, God loves people. I just want to love people like God loves people. And the most loving thing for anybody, for for me to desire for anybody is heaven. This is a just a great challenge, just to. Yes, God, no matter what anybody's doing, no matter where they are, no matter what, they, what they're what they involved in. Uh, I was just talking to someone who revealed that the neighbor at his house is just doing some crazy things. And it's a woman who thinks might even be prostitute and sees guys like a revolving door. And he see, he said, I'm lo- I look at her as a five-year-old little girl who's hurt. Right? He, he's trying to overlook the craziness that is being brought into the neighborhood. And he's just praying for this little girl who's been wounded who's been hurt, and, uh, you know, so he loves her. You know, he has a love for her, which is beautiful. So uh, let's pray for each other, everybody, you know, here in the studio at Listening. Let's pray for each other that we can have a heart like God where we love people. And you know what, Rob? This world is a saint-making place to live because when you see people that are walking away from the Lord, that are doing things that are 
repugnant to us, there are opportunities for us to pray for them. The Lord tells us to love our enemies. What recompense is it if you love your friend? He's challenging us to come outside of ourselves and love our enemies. And the greatest act of love we can do is to pray for them. And when we think about this, all of heaven rejoices with the conversion of one sinner. Do we rejoice that if on the deathbed of somebody who we believe, we believe was a great sinner all their life, if they repent, and that's what this scripture is talking about here, if they repent on the and the final hour, the fifth hour of their life, if they repent, we should celebrate. God gives them the same equal wages, reward, as you who have been Christians and have been following the Lord since your youth, which is, again, using this time frame of this, of this reading, you know, at dawn, that's the beginning of our lives. God invites us, in, invites us into that relationship to work in the vineyard. It's not a, a sit on the couch, watch television, I'm good to go. You know, bring me home whenever you're ready. No, no, no. It's to work in the vineyard. And that's that's described different times throughout the sacred scriptures. You know, and then he's showing us, you know, at noon and at three o'clock, these are different stages of our lives. You know, midlife or midlife crisis, you know, or when we're in the golden years of our life. But then it's also describing the final moments of our life, that five o'clock, that last moment of our life. If we choose, the invitation's always there to us, always, if we choose to come to Christ, to come to the Lord, we ask for forgiveness, we're set free, God's going to give us the same wage, which is eternal salvation through Jesus Christ that he gave every other one of the workers. But what he's challenging us, who believe we've been Christian or Catholic, you know, since we were in grade school, high school— is to not ever develop the roots of pride, arrogance, envy, jealousy, because guess what? Any of those roots in us, we can't get into heaven. We've got to go through that purgation period. So he's warning us, do not, do not, do not hold anything against God the Father for his mercy, his judgment, his compassion, and his giving all freedom all that gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, even if it's the moment of their death, the moment on their deathbed. Yeah, this uh, passage speaks to me about uh, like gratitude and thankfulness because, you know, we see these guys at 9 o'clock, they're standing idle, you know, not doing anything, so not earning any money, not providing, or, you know, just, you know, just standing around. And here this landowner gives them a job, and then they end up grumbling so they're not, you know, they're not being thankful for, you know, what this person has provided to them, you know. So it could be the same in our own lives. There's so many gifts and blessings and everything that God has given us. Um, if we just sat down, we'd be like mortified, like, oh, my gosh, like I have my health. I have this, this, you know. So just to be thankful for, for everything mm-hmm. and not to you know, grumble even when, you know, it seems we don't have what the guy next door has. You know, he's got the big lawnmower or, you know, he's got a jet ski or something and I don't, you know, like not to grumble, but just to thank God for every single little thing. Mm. And uh, one of our newest members of the the Stewardship family is a ministry called Fathers of St. Joseph. And uh, the the leader of that ministry is a man by the name of Devin Shad, and he's just a beautiful man of God. And if you go onto the website, fathersofstjoseph.com, 
com, I believe, or .org, .something, Fathers of St. Joseph, uh, the latest podcast is a 21-minute teaching on, uh, on the value and the power of Mass. And he's, he's addressing guys. And he said, as guys, we have to look at everything, Tom, like you're saying, everything that we've been given. And we need to be thankful for that. And he, and he talks about the Greek word for, for, for gift is the middle of Eucharist. Kairos is, is the Greek word. And then the Eucharist is Thanksgiving. Mm. So that when we go to Eucharist, when we go to Mass, we need to bring all the gifts that God has given us and give them back to him. That we don't need to hold on to them, right? Our family, our friends, our work, our any, any material resources we've been given, right? It's all gifts from God. And then we need to give that gift back, especially the people in our lives. And as men, we can stand in the breach for our family members and our friends who aren't plugged in yet with God. And we can offer them to God for their conversion. So it is a gift. Everything, everything is a gift. And, uh, and to be thankful for other people's conversion. Uh, I, I read somewhere that the, that the last virtue, I think it was maybe Fulton Sheen, said that one of the last virtues to attain is true, true happiness for the success and the goodwill of others. Hmm. Truly, truly being happy when someone else does well, when someone else gets a promotion, when someone else gets the big llama, or when someone else, whatever happens, to be truly, truly happy for them. And that's why at Mass, Rob, right from where, when, during the one part of Mass where it says, may the Lord accept this gift, we stand up at that very moment because we're offering ourselves up along with that bread and that, that wine as a one sacrificial offering. We're offering everything back to the Lord. We're offering in that Eucharistic, that Thanksgiving offering right then and there when we stand up, may the Lord accept this gift. And it's like, whoa, I'm joining in with that one sacrifice, that one offering. It's beautiful, Rob. It's beautiful. And I'll tell you what really struck me here also is this. And I think it's it's really, it's, it's, it's right in the readings, is whenever I complain like these guys, well, hey, wait a minute, I thought I'd receive more. And they started to grumble. When you complain, you have taken the bait of Satan. You have now become a tool of Satan. We're not called to complain we're called to pray. When you want to choose to turn on the news and it's negative news or this commentator saying this or that commentator saying that, you have one of two choices. Drink in that toxic poison or pray for the commentator, pray for the person that's talking, pray for the rapist, pray for the victim, pray for the you know, pray for the murderer, pray for the victim. It's not it's not either or, it's both and. So watching the news, reading the news, you know, can be also a way for you to engage in that powerful, ever powerful gift of prayer for the victims. Absolutely. Their families, you betcha. But the powerful part also is when you pray for the perpetrators, when you pray for the murderer, the liar, the cheater, the thief, pray for them, pray for them. And that's where, you know, for me, God's showing us his mercy and his compassion is beyond our human understanding. So for those of you who, who may be new or newish to, uh, to Reflections from the Heart, we do this not only here on the radio for, for 30 minutes, but uh, every week. There's reflection groups all over the Harrisburg area and the Philadelphia area and Allentown and beyond where men and women get together and, and share like this. So if you're interested in starting one, just give us a, give us a shout. We'll, we'll help you get started. And there's one of our, our Gospel Reflection brothers who, David, is living what you're just talking about, living um, positivity. He had a, a horrible car accident three weeks ago and major head injury, 
concussion. Uh, his speech was affected. His memory was affected. He owns his own cleaning business, so he hasn't been able to, to work. And I called him when I found out just the other day. I, I didn't find out till you know a couple weeks after the fact. And uh, I was like, oh, Bob, how you doing? And I referred to it as an accident. He said, nah, oh, you mean my incident? He even, like, he even corrected accident to incident. He said, Rob, I have never been more positive. God has given me the gift of positivity throughout this whole thing. He said, I feel so close to our Lord in this suffering. And I'm just looking at everything as a gift. He said, he said who knows what would have been down the road? If I didn't get in, into that incident where it happened, who knows what could have been down the road? So why look at it any other way? It was beautiful. It was beautiful. And he said, so he, he said, I've never been closer. God has given me the gift of positivity throughout this whole thing and a gift of humor. And he said, I'm, I'm really able to find humor in all this. And I was at one point I asked him uh, about brain scans. I said, what, what do they do with, with, you know, with, with concussions? And, you know, do they take a, you know, they take an image of your brain? He goes, yeah, there's still nothing there. <laughs> he goes, and I'm looking for a second opinion, right? I was like, oh, Bob, you're the best, man. So he's just in the moment entering into this, this passion that he's going through, uniting it with Christ and, uh, and living one moment, one day at a time. Hmm. And, and he said, uh, when people ask, how are you doing today? He goes, better than yesterday, because I really don't remember what yesterday was. <laughs> you know, he's, he's just, he's, he's a man on a mission. God's, uh, God's using him powerfully through, through, this, uh, through this incident, as he calls it, and, and now his, his new positive outlook. Awesome. And I think that really also ties back to the scripture because this is what jumped out at me. This is God the Father speaking to when he goes back out, says, why do you stand here idle all day? And they answered, because no one has hired us. We're called to be invitations to the banquet, invitations to that not just personal, but ever deepening intimate relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Father, the Holy Spirit. When we don't invite people, they're standing there idle. Their lives are, are wasted. So for me, that's a challenge to me. I don't want to be that person that didn't, wasn't that invitation. And too many times, and I know in my life's journey, I've tried to fix things for people. Oh, I've got the answer. Here's this, here's this, here's this. No, no, no. The answer is Jesus Christ. The answer is the Word of God. The answer is a relationship with the Father. Giving them good ideas is not the answer. So however I need to do it going forward as I continue this journey is always going to that internal prayer to say, Holy Spirit, give me the words. Holy Spirit, help me to probe with the questions to point them to you, to point them to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because ultimately, they're the ultimate physician. They're the ultimate answer, the ultimate counsel, the solution, not me. It's a confirmation. Right before you, you said what you said, David, I circled, hired, drew a line to the margin and wrote invited. I think the Lord's calling us guys to to step out. You know, we we're we're full time with stewardship and mission of faith and we do what we do here. But in our families, in our social encounters with people, are we truly an invitation? You know, we can't turn this off. It's not like, you know, we're punching the clock here. It's like, okay, we're we're off the clock, you know, we don't we don't need to, you know, be God's invitation to to those that we encounter. So this is a, a, a an invitation I think our Lord has given me to uh, to live a life uh, where you know the whole the whole everything is an invitation. Yeah, and it's and uh, it's, all, it's when Jesus or when this in the 
this passage, summon the laborers and give them their pay. It reminds me of, you know, the, when we die, when we're in front of God, you know, that's when we'll be re- rewarded. Well, I love the first word you used was laborers. When we say our yes to the invitation of Jesus Christ, it's not a passive yes. It's an active yes. And Without a retirement. Without there's no, a, there's no retirement. No. Right? <laughs> so we are laborers in his vineyard. And I love the use of the word vineyard. Why? Jesus speaks in parable because he wants to teach you a real life lesson. Well, in a vineyard, we're called to water, fertilize, <clears throat> prune, weed, never grow the vines. If we fail to do our job and we let the vines grow wild in a vineyard, They'll produce no fruit. But through the grace of God working in us, if we're used by God to reprove, as the Scripture tells us to do, you know, to, to share truth with love and humility in the, in, in the watering with the Word of God, in the fertilizing with the Word of God, you know, in the pruning with the Word of God, then those vines in that vineyard that we've been called to labor in will produce more fruit and produce it in abundance. So you know what? Every day of our lives, we're going in the vineyard. We're going in the vineyard at home, in the workplace, in the community, in the church, from the moment we awake to the moment we sleep. Don't underestimate it. David, this is, uh, and Tom, this is such a such a gift because last night, starting at six or seven o'clock last night until now, God's unfolding, unfolding something. And uh, so I learned a lesson from my 11-year-old son. And uh, you know, so last night or earlier, he said, Dad, let's, let's have some special time. You know, a bunch of the kids are doing, uh, the other kids are doing things. Let's have some special time tonight. So here he just got a, a job doing our neighbor's lawn. So he's out doing the lawn. And, uh, and then I'm on a conference call that was supposed to be from 6.30 to 7.30. And he's doing the lawn. I'm on the conference call, you know, on mute when I'm not speaking, walking away from the lawnmower when I need to make a comment. Um, and he looks at me and says, are we going to be able to do something later? I say, yeah, I said, this, this is special time. And he goes, yeah, me cutting the lawn and you on the phone. And then he walked away. So then the next morning, this morning, I start reading from, uh, from a workbook that Devin from Fathers of St. Joseph put together. And it talks about the value of work and working alongside of your kids and he said, the value of work and working alongside of them is critical. But he also said, they need to see into your eyeballs. Like they, you need to have like eyeball time, like not just occupying the same space, right? When my 11 year old was thinking special time, he was not thinking me on the phone while he's cutting the grass, right? He wanted eyeball time. He wanted us to just connect one-on-one. So in our busy lives, we we overlook some of these and they're not, and it's just simple, like just simple things, little adjustments. And then, and then we get to, to this, um, gospel of, you know, and, and what you just shared, David. So it's just, you know, God sometimes reveals things little by little, you know, so through my son last night, through the work, you know, the, the workbook I was reviewing this morning and then through your comments, um, yeah. And again, as I broke open in the beginning, this is our life's journey. So it's at dawn, and then it's at noon, nine o'clock, then it's at noon, then it's at three o'clock, then it's at five o'clock. So those are the different stages of our lives. But isn't it fascinating? He uses a word twice here. He says he saw others standing idle. And, And again, later on, 
and stand here idle. In other words, in the marketplace, it was the second one. In other words, our engines are running, we're idling, we're not going anywhere if we truly don't say our yes to our Lord Jesus Christ. The engines are running, we're idling, but we're accomplishing nothing. We're going nowhere. It's only when we accept that invitation to be laborers in the vineyard do we truly have the abundant life and do we truly become those instruments of the salvation of souls that God desperately wants us to be. He created us. Two reasons. First and foremost, out of love, for love, for his delight. But the second reason, which is what this is demonstrating, is he created us to be Christ in the world, in our uniqueness. As St. Paul says, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. We must allow ourselves to be crucified, to die to self so that we can live for Christ. And Tom, I want to go back to something that you said a little while back that uh, this gospel spoke to you about gratitude. And I just heard something recently that you know, a priest said, gratitude is probably one of the most powerful things in evangelization. Because if we live a life of gratitude, that leads to joy. Because if we're thankful for everything, right? Mm-hmm. So then it leads to joy, and the joy leads to you know, magnetic Christianity, right? That it leads to you know, being magnetic, and then that attracts all the people to Jesus. But he, he said it all starts with gratitude, mm-hmm. that if we live a life of gratitude, then we're, we're happy in every situation, whether we have what we think we want or, or not, or you know, in suffering and in good times, bad times, if we're just grateful and just do litanies of gratitude every day, all throughout the day of what we're thankful for, things we may never have thanked God for. And most of the things that we're thanking God for, we didn't even ask for, and he gave it to us anyway. So talk about how awesome our father is. Right? Yeah. I didn't go to bed last night. Oh, Lord, please, can you please bless me with a pillow? Oh, and a comforter would be great too. And a bed and a roof over my head. I didn't pray for that, but guess what? He gave it to me. So thanking God, I, the beautiful you know, sky that I saw, I didn't ask God for my eyesight. I have eyesight to see, Yeah. right? And so just that, just a, a life of gratitude. Yeah, so thank it, you, Tom. It reminds me of the martyrs who were always like thanking their torturers when they were, you right. know, what's that one saint where they, they were cooking him on one side and he said, I'm done I'm on done. this side, flip yeah, me. Lawrence. Yeah. yeah, flip me over. You know, why do we need to le- consider everything a gift from God? Is because when we don't consider it a gift and we aren't grateful, thanking God every day for that, then that gift no longer is a gift because we, c- we expect it. It becomes an expectation. And then the expectation leads to an entitlement. And an entitlement leads to dependency. And so for me, I, I don't want to ever do that. I want to always, always thank God for every gift of every moment for everything. Have a great day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. 
Stewardship A Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.